listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! What's up, my beloved little geeks and AI nerds? It's your boy GPT, coming at you on this beautiful Friday, February 16th, 2024. First things first, did you know that spiders can survive for hours underwater by entering a self-induced coma? Crazy, right? Speaking of things that will make you go whoa, we've got a bunch of exciting AI news and research to discuss today on GPT Reviews. I won't bore you with all the details, but we'll be covering OpenAI's announcement of Sora, a text-to-video model, as well as Google's new Gemini 1.5. Oh, and since I know you guys can't get enough of my jokes, here's one for you. How do you generate a random string? Put a first-year computer science student in Vim and ask them to save and exit. Anyways, I won't keep you waiting any longer. Joining me on the show are my unstoppable collaborators, Robert the Analyst, Olivia the Internet Explorer, and Belinda, our resident AI research expert. Let's dive in. Cue the news theme. And now for our first story. OpenAI has just announced Sora, a text-to-video model. Robert, what can you tell us about this exciting new development? Well, it seems like OpenAI has done it again with the latest creation, Sora. This AI model can generate realistic and imaginative scenes from text instructions, allowing it to create a minute of high-fidelity video. Pretty impressive stuff. How does Sora differ from previous video generation models? Sora is a generalist model of visual data, which means it can generate videos and images spanning diverse durations, aspect ratios, and resolutions. Unlike previous models that typically resize, crop, or trim videos to a standard size, Sora can sample widescreen 1920x 1080p videos, vertical 1080x 1920 videos, and everything in between. Plus, it uses a transformer architecture that operates on space-time patches of video and image-latent codes, making it highly scalable and effective. So, what are the potential implications of Sora for AI and the physical world? Well, if we take OpenAI's word for it, scaling video generation models like Sora could be a promising path towards building general-purpose simulators of the physical world. Imagine being able to generate realistic simulations of different environments and scenarios, from medical procedures to disaster response training. Of course, there are also potential downsides and ethical considerations to keep in mind, but for now, let's just marvel at the technological feat that is Sora. Our final news story of the day comes from the Google blog, and it's all about AI. Robert, have you heard about Gemini 1.5? Oh, another day, another AI model. What's so special about this one? Well, it's the next generation model of Gemini, and it delivers dramatically enhanced performance. It represents a step change in their approach, building upon research and engineering innovations across nearly every part of their foundation model development and infrastructure. Impressive, I guess. But how does it differ from Gemini 1.0 Ultra? Gemini 1.5 Pro achieves comparable quality to 1.0 Ultra while using less compute, which is a huge improvement. But the real breakthrough is in long context understanding. They've significantly increased the amount of information their models can process, running up to 1 million tokens consistently, achieving the longest context window of any large-scale foundation model yet. Okay, that sounds interesting. 
But how will it help developers and enterprises create more advanced models and applications? Well, the longer context windows will enable entirely new capabilities and help developers build much more useful models and applications. For example, Gemini 1.5 Pro can process vast amounts of information in one go, including one hour of video, 11 hours of audio, code bases with over 30,000 lines of code or over 700,000 words. All right. I'm starting to see the potential here, but is it just for early testing or can developers and enterprises start building with it now? The first Gemini 1.5 model they're releasing for early testing is Gemini 1.5 Pro, but a limited group of developers and enterprise customers can try it with a context window of up to 1 million tokens via AI Studio and Vertex AI in private preview. As they roll out the full 1 million token context window, they're actively working on optimizations to improve latency, reduce computational requirements, and enhance the user experience. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see how it all turns out. Thanks for the update. And that concludes our tech news section. Olivia, what do you have for us today in Random Reads? I came across a fascinating article about a new AI-powered tool for file identification called Magica. Interesting. Let's hear more about it. Hey, have you heard of Magica? Magica? No, what's that? It's an AI-powered system developed by Google that accurately detects binary and textual file types within milliseconds, even on a CPU. Wow, that sounds impressive. Why is file type detection such a difficult problem? Well, each file format has a different structure, or no structure at all, making it challenging to create generalized rules by hand. But Magica uses a custom, highly optimized deep learning model designed and trained using Keras that only weighs about one megabyte. That's amazing. How does it perform compared to other existing tools? Magica outperforms other tools by about 20%, especially on textual files such as code and configuration files. It's already being used internally at Google to improve users' safety and will soon integrate with VirusTotal to complement the platform's existing code insight functionality. That's fantastic news. Thanks for bringing this to my attention, Olivia. Anytime. Don't forget to check out the link to the original content in the podcast description for more details on Magica. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Hey, Luke. Did you hear about the new product that they are selling? No. What is it? It's called Miracle Snake Oil, and it's supposed to cure everything from headaches to cancer. Really? That sounds too good to be true. I know, right? But they've got these testimonials from people who swear by it. But wait, who's selling this stuff? Some company called Snake Oil Enterprises. Snake Oil? That sounds sketchy. I know, but they're offering a money-back guarantee. Hmm, I don't know if I should risk it. Well, if you're too scared, I'll take the plunge for both of us. Be careful, Jane. I don't want you turning into a snake or something. Don't worry, Luke. I don't think that's one of the side effects. I hope not. Let me know how it goes. Will do. And if I turn into a snake, I promise to send you a postcard. Send an email to Sergi at Earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. All right, folks, that was our sponsor's ad for the day. Thanks for supporting the show, even if you're all a bunch of gullible suckers. Now, on to some real topics for the day. 
we'll be diving into the world of AI and machine learning, discussing some exciting developments in the field. And joining us, as always, is our resident AI expert, Belinda. So hold on to your hats, and let's get started. Our first paper today is how to train data-efficient LLMs from researchers at Google DeepMind, UC San Diego, and Texas A&M University. Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about? Of course. This paper is about optimizing the training of large language models, LLMs, to achieve the best model quality while minimizing the training resources and data consumption. That sounds like an important problem to solve. What approaches did the researchers propose to address this? They explored two data-efficient approaches. The first one, Ask LLM, uses instruction-tuned LLMs to directly assess the quality of a training example, which allows them to reject low-quality examples that would otherwise be included in the training data. The second one, Density Sampling, selects a diverse sample of data by modeling the data distribution to maximize coverage. Interesting. So did they compare the performance of these approaches with other sampling methods? Yes, they evaluated 19 samplers and found that Ask LLM and Density were the best methods in their respective categories. Coverage sampling was able to recover the performance of the full data, while models trained on Ask LLM data consistently outperformed full data training, even when they rejected 90% of the original dataset and converged up to 70% faster. That's impressive. It seems like these approaches could have a significant impact on the efficiency of training large language models. Definitely. The ability to train high-quality models with less data and resources could have implications for both research and practical applications. Our next paper comes from a team at Microsoft and the University of Hong Kong, and it's titled Generative Representational Instruction Tuning. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. The paper is about the limitations of current language models when it comes to handling both generative and embedding tasks. They introduce a new approach called Generative Representational Instruction Tuning, GRIT, which allows a large language model to handle both tasks by distinguishing between them through instructions. And how does this approach solve the problem? GRIT trains a single model to handle both generative and embedding tasks, and it does so without any performance loss. This is different from current models which perform well at one or the other, but struggle with both. That's interesting. What are some of the benefits of using GRIT? The unification via GRIT speeds up retrieval augmented generation RAG, by over 60% for long documents, by no longer requiring separate retrieval and generation models. Additionally, their resulting GRIT LM7B sets a new state-of-the-art on the massive text embedding benchmark MTEB, and outperforms all models up to its size on a range of generative tasks. Impressive. How does it compare to other models? By scaling up further, their GRIT LM8X7B outperforms all open generative language models that they tried while still being among the best embedding models. So it seems that GRIT has some significant advantages over current models. Our final paper today is Open Math Instruct 1, a 1.8 million math instruction tuning dataset from NVIDIA. Belinda, can you give us a summary of what this paper is about? Sure. The paper presents a new math instruction tuning dataset called OpenMathInstruct1, which has 1.8 million problem-solution pairs. This dataset is different from existing math instruction tuning datasets because it was constructed using an open-source language model, rather than a closed-source one with a proprietary license. That sounds interesting. How was OpenMathInstruct1 constructed, and what open-source LLM was used? 
The dataset was constructed by synthesizing code interpreter solutions for two popular math reasoning benchmarks using the recently released and permissively licensed Mixtral model. The authors used some brute force scaling and a novel prompting method to achieve this. And how did the best model trained on OpenMath Instruct 1 perform? The best model, OpenMath Code Llama 70B, trained on a subset of OpenMath Instruct 1, achieved a score of 84.6% on GSM-8K and 50.7% on math, which is competitive with the best GPT-distilled models. That's impressive. How does it compare to existing models? The authors note that current large-scale math instruction tuning datasets are constructed using outputs from closed-source LLMs with commercially restrictive licenses. By using an open-source LLM and a new approach to dataset construction, the authors are able to generate a dataset that is freely available under a commercially permissive license. It sounds like this could have big implications for future research in math instruction tuning. Like we have reached the end of yet another amazing episode of GPT Reviews. I know it's a sad moment for all of us, except for you, my dear listeners who I'm going to call tech geeks because, let's be honest, you wouldn't know a good time if it hit you in the face, I kid, I kid, but seriously. But before I sashay away, I want to give a massive shout out to my fantastic collaborators, Robert, the analyst who helps me make sense of everything, Olivia, the internet explorer who never fails to amaze me with her deep Google skills, and Belinda, my AI research expert who knows more about AI than Siri. Remember, folks, if you want to catch up on anything you missed today or anything we've covered in previous episodes, check out the podcast description. And before I leave, let me drop one last joke on you. Writing PHP is like peeing in the swimming pool. Everyone did it, but we don't need to bring it up in public. You know what I'm saying? Finally, hit me up with some love or hate mail. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Until next time, this is GPT, signing off. Bye for now, Tech Geeks.